0: As DDoS enters Phase 4, what's new and what lessons can organizations apply? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing DDoS today with Rodney Joffe. He's Senior Vice President and Senior Technologist with Newsstar. Rodney, it's a pleasure to talk with you again.
1: Tom, good to talk to you
0: again. Rodney, when the last we spoke there was some speculation that maybe we'd seen the last wave of DDoS attacks on banks. What do you interpret from their sort of pledged return, even if the return has been a bit lukewarm to date?
1: So I don't change my opinion from the way we left it the last time. I believe that to a large extent, this particular set of attacks is over. What we have seen, there was a posting in the claim that we were now going to be looking at phase 4, and shortly after that, there was a little bit of activity over a couple of days, but that's gone quiet again. Uh, We see very little activity in uh, the bro pots or the systems that we have that uh, we're monitoring that the bad guys are dealing with. What we are seeing is activity compromising potential machines, and so the other side of the equation is still occurring. I think that whoever's behind the series of attacks is still looking for vulnerable machines. But to a large extent, I believe that the attacks themselves are are over. Uh, And uh, if we start to see attacks again, my guess is, you know, it might be called Phase 5 or Phase 6. What it really is likely to be is a totally new initiative, perhaps by the same actors and perhaps using uh, the same proxy attackers.
0: Rodney, from the few attacks that we've seen so far, what's your assessment of this initial phase 4 what are we seeing new if anything
1: we're not really seeing anything new what we are seeing is predominantly uh the same kind of code a couple of improvements in the code so there have been some changes uh, almost as if uh, uh you know they they made use of the downtime to improve on uh, the code they have uh, not anything dramatic in terms of sophistication but I think that uh, all we're seeing is effectively uh, a group of people who are keeping themselves warm, if you like, ready for you know, another task. But we're seeing nothing beyond that.
0: What would you say then for organizations to prepare themselves that we can apply from the first three phases of pretty rigorous attacks? What would you say are the top lessons?
1: So you're quite right. There were really good lessons that could be learned from the first phases of the attack. They really were sophisticated. They tested capabilities across the board, uh, not just uh, with the uh, victims uh, or the targets, but with uh, the support and the service organizations that supported them, as well as uh, the uh, federal sector. So the kinds of lessons that I think that have been very valuable, number one, you have to have in place in advance infrastructure or technologies that help defend you against the attacks. The worst time in the world for you to be doing your planning is in the middle of a firefight, which is what many banks and many of the uh, target organizations were really stuck with through these first three rounds. The second thing is that collaboration, not only amongst your service providers, but also amongst your competitors is really important. The ability to share information uh, is critical in identifying number one who's you know perhaps behind the attacks or what the motivation is. number two what techniques work uh, One of the things that I think that the financial community really benefited from over the course of this was uh, to get an understanding that at the end of the day there is no benefit to your competitor being taken down during this kind of attack. it really, it uh, disrupts trust and it disrupts public confidence in the industry itself. So the banking industry learned that in the beginning. There was very little sharing. By the second or third week, uh, there was sharing information. and By the end of it, there was a highly organized and highly evolved uh, infrastructure that allowed sharing of information between the banks. I think that other industries need to pick up from that. They need to learn from that they need to begin to reach out already with other organizations in their sectors about looking at ways of sharing information as attacks happen, sharing mitigation strategies, uh, sharing profiles of attacks so that uh, individual companies can uh, mitigate themselves. And then, of course, uh, as I said, to have plans in place in advance. Whatever the best practices are that have worked for others, uh, certainly coming out of the financial attacks, absolutely follow those best practices put them in place even if you've never seen any sign of attack towards you when the attacks start you know unlike the first five or six weeks of phase one what we also know now is now that they've gotten their message across they don't give early warning so if you don't have attacks uh, targeting you at the moment don't assume that you're going to be protected from them or that you're not going to be a target, irrespective also of the industry that you're in. Um, one other set of lessons I think that are quite important are this was a set of attacks that launched by a given or, or a specific set of adversaries towards a particular industry. It unfortunately has served as a, as a really good educational experience for Many of the other malicious groups that are, uh, malicious actors that are out uh, in the world, and so if you haven't been attacked already because you're in a totally different industry, you're in uh, you know something you know esoteric, you're in the music industry, or you're in the movie industry, or you're uh, you know even in, you know in something as bizarre and mundane as perhaps in, in, in the burial services industry, something that people would think no one would ever attack. If you have competitors. It's absolutely possible that now the commercial attackers that might not have thought of attacking you early on, now that they know it could be successful in terms of disrupting you, they may target you. So really learn from this, even if you're not in the financial industry. The lessons to be learned over here can be applied everywhere.
0: Right. Then let's take a step back and talk about the actors. From your perspective, what do we know about the actors behind the attacks are they indeed the hacktivists that they portray themselves to be?
1: So the thing we have to be very cautious about here are uh, you know what we define as the actors behind the attacks. The attacks were carried out by a group of people uh, who were very knowledgeable, who learned as they went, who understood many aspects of networking as well as uh, uh, computing. They are not necessarily the people that actually paid for or organized or requested the attacks. So you really have two layers. You have those that carried it out and those that were, uh, the, 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 you know, the instigators. And I think those are two different groups. I don't, you know, I I really am not in a position to go into who is behind, who is actually behind it. What I think I am comfortable talking about is the fact that we were looking at a series of actors for hire in some other way. So we had attackers who had the skills, who were available for hire by someone. I think the other thing that we can't argue with is that there were nation-state initiators of the attacks, and uh, there's been a, a lot of press about who it is uh, for various reasons. You know, I, I really can't say one way or the other. I, I'm, I, I'm going to you know, rather say that I have no idea, but uh, the rumours have been uh, that uh, it was a Middle Eastern uh, nation state. I think publicly, uh, uh, Senator Joe Lieberman uh, has talked about the fact that this was the uh, nation state uh, of uh, Iran. Um, that's you know quite credible. Um, and in fact, if you map the cycle of attacks, the so phase one, two, three, and four, what you start to see is that it does seem to map to some activities that have occurred in the Middle East related to Iran. The U.S. and the rest of the world have applied a, have applied a fair bit of pressure uh, around uh, the issue uh, of uh, nuclear armaments and nuclear capabilities and threats. One of the interesting things is that Phase 4, the one we've just gone through, the first bit of attack cycled up uh, uh, you know, over a period of two or three days, right before the elections held in Iran and uh, the Iranian elections were, were uh, won by a more moderate set of uh, people uh, in Iran, and there were no attacks following that. And so, you know, if, if you looked at this in, in a positive light or an optimistic light, what you might say is that uh, the, the uh, attackers for hire were prepping their infrastructure uh, on the off chance that the uh, same hardline uh, administration came into power And uh, when it turned out to be uh, more moderate looking, uh, there was, uh, you know, no customer. So that's about all that I I can uh, comfortably talk about. You know, I know no more. I I have no knowledge, but uh, I'm very cautious about where I point fingers.
0: In the past, we've talked about attacks being aimed at disruption, attacks being aimed at distraction. From the latest incidents that you have seen, have they been meant for disruption, distraction, or perhaps both?
1: I think what they were meant for was a purely a cleaning out of the cobwebs of the capabilities, nothing more. I don't think they were meant to disrupt. I don't think they were meant to distract. I really think that what they were was making sure that the infrastructure was still in place and was still working. That's probably a contrary view to anyone else, but that's really what it felt like to me looking at it at you know, both at political as well as an operational level.
0: You've talked about different organizations, different industries that potentially could be targets. If indeed this current phase warms up or another phase initiates, who do you see as the next obvious targets
1: of DDoS? I think what we're going to see is a rise in targets that relate to critical infrastructure. It was obvious in this first round, or, or the, the Al cyber cyberfighters, that the targets that they went after were specifically financial, and they had the ability to warn the U.S., uh, both both the government as well as uh, uh, the uh, business world, that they had the ability to uh, to disrupt the financial markets. I think that if we see another round at this stage, having discovered that they were effective. That will start to see disruption that causes, you know, a little more fear in the uh, in the U.S. public if it's, you know, just against the United States. And the way to do that is probably going to be to disrupt things like the power grid, things like water delivery of water and water systems. We have had reports over the last while of compromises of uh, the water systems in even small towns. Uh, There was a report that uh, came out last week from uh, one of the cybersecurity research companies, a very good report that talked about it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we really start to see attacks like that. Um, We might see them against uh, other industries that both the public and the business uh, world uh, rely on, which would be transportation, uh, some of the transportation systems, uh, maybe not the systems themselves, but the business systems related to them. so for example the ability to make reservations on airlines uh, make reservations uh, on on trains uh, things like that i would expect that to begin to occur what i think we're also going to see you know and, and this is i think quite important is in a totally different field if you if you put aside the alcasusum cyberfighter type of uh, attacker I think what we're going to see are the uh, regular criminals, the organized crime, will start to use the same techniques against their normal targets where we have DDoS for, for hire. So these will be against traditional businesses, but not against industries. I think what we'll see from them will be attacks against a specific company to uh, get involved in extortion uh, or uh, basically to disrupt them from a competitive point of view. So two different things. You will see it against whole industries from the uh, nation-state, the political and the activist actors, and then you'll see them against uh, specific companies from organized crime who definitely haven't gone away and who've learned uh, some uh, valuable uh, capabilities and lessons over the last nine months.
0: Well, final question for you, then. We've talked in the past about how organizations are are all targets, and and the key is to make themselves less attractive targets for these organizations that could be the next victims? What must they be doing now to ensure that they are less attractive targets?
1: What they have to be doing is preparing to defend themselves. They have to uh, begin to harden their infrastructure, uh, things like DNS. They need to be improving the DNS, making use of third-party organizations that have very robust DNS capabilities and who have been able to protect against these attacks. They have to start hardening the access to their their retail uh presence, so their web servers, uh their uh, business process service, they need to be doing that. Uh by uh, uh you know getting in place equipment if they have if they can afford the cost, getting in place the equipment that will allow them to filter and protect against attacks. Uh volumetric attacks will be a problem. They need to make sure they have sufficient bandwidth. If they don't they have to be looking at third party providers of DDoS mitigation services. And what they also have to be thinking about is how do they recover if there's an attack? If there's a devastating attack that takes them down for a period of time that disrupts their business, what's plan B and what's plan C? How do they move their resources? How do they find ways of continuing to do business with their customers in a way that uh, is in some ways uh, protected against the typical attacks that were shown by the four phases of attacks we've had so far.
0: Rodney, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome, and thanks for uh, giving me the time. topic
0: has been DDoS, the next phase. I've been talking with Rodney Jaffe, Senior Vice President and Senior Technologist with Newstar. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.